in the Wavern House. Uh, the Thursday after Thanksgiving, <clears throat> or the uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, is our decorating day. It's when we get ready for Christmas. Um, it's when we push into this season um, of our of our life. Uh, some of that, I think, was born out of busyness, um, but it has become a tradition. It's become a tradition that um, we <clears throat> will get together as a family on Saturday night, and we'll put out the tree, and we'll put ornaments on the tree, and we'll have hot chocolate, candy canes. Um, and it's become really one of my favorite days because we we change seasons and we try to focus our hearts and our minds on Christ. And that's, <clears throat> last night as we were putting things out, we were putting out nativity sets and I got to thinking, um, you know, in my mind, um, I've always just focused on the nativity, the birth of Jesus, the baby in the in the manger has been kind of that image or that that origin point of the Christian story. Uh, and yet all week I've been studying, um, trying to figure out how do we transition from Exodus to Ben's Advent messages that he's going to start next week. And God put on my heart John, uh, the first chapter of John. And so if you'd pray with me, we're going to... Um, we're going to look at the gospel, the first uh, 19, 18 verses of the gospel of John. Father, I pray that your word uh, would, would be glorified and that it would be heard um, and seen by us this morning. That you would teach us um, a fuller picture of the Christmas story and a fuller picture of who you are. And Father, I pray that you would teach our hearts and give us awe of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, God, was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. True light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not out of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He comes after me, ranks before me. 
because he was before me. For from his fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The Gospels of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke start us in this origin spot of Jesus' birth. But John decided to start us in a completely different spot. He decided to start us right at the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So John thought it was important that we understand that this story stretches from eternity. It's not just at the birth of Jesus, but this was all of eternity. This was a story that was being worked. And John takes us right into Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If we think about that creation story, how did God create our world? How did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke them into existence, which is why I think John uses the word to convey to us that that, uh, Jesus was from the very beginning. He was the creator. He was the God. He was the one that spoke um, the world into existence. The other thing that John does for us in this first verse is shows us that Jesus was always with God. He wasn't subservient. He wasn't a lesser God that was created by, but he was with God. And then he goes even further and says, the word was God. It's where we get the foundations of the Trinity. It's where we get the idea um, of three gods, uh, or God in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I think it was vitally important to John that we understand the origins of our faith that, it's, that it wasn't a man-made thing, but that all of it was made through him. Paul puts it this way in Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus always was. He always is. He always will be God. passage moves on. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John wants us to see 
that the world had become a dark place. It had been a place that rejected God. It had become um, a place, but that light was coming in Jesus. You ever been in a completely dark room where you're, or woken up in, in your house and you're in a completely dark room and you forget where you are, or maybe even that you're in your own home? What's the first thing that you do? I go looking for a, a piece of light. Because for some reason, that little speck of light that you can find gives you orientation. It orientates us um, to everything that's around and where we are. John wanted us to know that light was coming into the world. That God wasn't going to leave the world in darkness. True light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. We have a tendency as humanity to wander and to reject the things of God. It's in our nature, it became uh, part of our nature at the fall when Adam chose to sin. He broke that fellowship and put us into darkness. But God had a plan. The word became flesh. All of my preparation, I thought this is where we were going to land and we were going to be. And the word became flesh. Jesus came, came as a baby. We, we know the stories from Luke and Matthew that he was born of a virgin. And he put on flesh. But it was more than that that he came and put on flesh. Hebrews gives us a great picture. Hebrews 4.15 We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of help. Jesus came to live the life that we couldn't live. He came um, to show us that temptations could be overcome. He lived in the flesh, was tempted as we were, was tried as we were, um, and yet was sinless. He came so that we would see our need. He came to be that light that would show us that we were in the darkness. The verse doesn't stop there. He said he dwelt among us. And that word dwelt, 
and I can't pronounce the Greek word, but it, it literally means to pitch a tent, to tabernacle. It points us right back to where we were the last number of weeks studying Exodus, that God always, always, from the beginning of time, wanted to dwell with his people, that he wanted to be uh, one with his people. We saw it in the garden with Adam, where he would walk with his people. That was always part of the plan. It was always foreshadowed through the Old Testament that God would dwell with his people. We have seen his glory, the glory from the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. What was his glory? I think there's a couple things that, that we see throughout the, the Gospels. But the big piece of, of God's glory that they're testifying to, that John was testifying to, is the cross. The cross was the glorification of Christ. It was his ultimate glory was to lay down his perfect life that didn't deserve the punishment and the weight of sin On our behalf. It says we he was full of grace and truth. That's a concept that I don't think our human minds can wrap around. Truth. Uh, and we talked about this in, in our study of Exodus. Jesus was the only one that could define truth. We talked about that God was self-revelatory. That he's the one that gets to define in our world what is true and what is not true. What is good and what is evil. That's all defined by Jesus. And Jesus claims it in John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. God also has always been gracious. So at the same time that he is truth, he's always been gracious. And we saw a great picture of that in Exodus 33 when Moses asked to see his glory. God tells him, I'll show you, but you can't see my face. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you And I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to who I am gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But you cannot see my face, for man cannot see me and live. So that all changes in Jesus. Because the cross is God's ultimate show of grace to us. 
just as God was protecting and being gracious to Moses by not showing him all of the glory, Jesus shows us all of the glory of the Father and all of the grace. took on the full wrath of God to pay the penalty that you and I earned. I'm going to jump backwards in this because I skipped and I, I skipped a section and I know you guys probably knew it and it was intentional. Starting verse 11. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Since I wrestled through this passage over the past couple weeks, um, I realized this is where we needed to land. That Jesus came... And he came to a people that should have known him, that should have recognized him. He came to the Jewish people who would have, from the time that they were born, been taught about the coming Messiah. They would have had festivals, that they would have celebrated the Passover. They would have been taught regularly um, all of the works. And yet, they were still in darkness. They were blinded because the light hadn't come and they couldn't fully see. And I think that's true of all of us. That before God shines light into our lives, we're in darkness and we don't see. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. So there's a faith piece that comes into play here. Because Jesus came, we get an opportunity to believe in him, to see who God really is. There's also an action to all who would receive him. I've been thinking about his own people in the context of, of us. Because most of us that are in this church grow up um, learning about the gospel, learning about Jesus. You, if you live in the United States, you probably had, have heard the name of Jesus. And we take it for granted and we get lost in the darkness. But it's not enough to just know. It's not enough to just say that we believe. There's no guarantee that if you grow up in a Christian home, that you will move to the back end of this statement. It's a hard thing to embrace as a parent. But the word tells us two things. 
that they, they receive him and we believe in his name. So Calvary, I pray that as we, uh, as we work through Christmas, that we would be intentional um, as a church of understanding that we're called not just to believe and to sing the songs and to enjoy the season, but we're called to receive him. And in that receiving, he gave the right to become children of God, that we're adopted into the family of God when we receive Jesus. We have a position, we have rights as his children. We understand and get to know his glory. But that's not something that we decide for someone else. We're not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of the man, but of God. God decides who he's going to have mercy on. God decides who he's going to be gracious to. God decides who he enlightens, who sees. So if you're here and you're listening and you're not sure that you've received him, I would pray that you would take this season and process that and look at the whole of who God is. Let the gospel and the Christmas story expand your vision of who Jesus is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. And the Word became flesh. Jesus was a man who walked this earth and understands the challenges that we walk through here. He dwelt among us. And he desires to dwell among us. He desires to have relationship with us as his people, as his children. That he could give life. Eternal life. Abundant life. John 10.10 was that I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Somehow belief in Jesus frees us to live the life that he intended us to live when he created us. So as we move from Exodus and those stories to our Advent messages and pondering uh, the fulfillment of the prophecies of Jesus, I pray that, church, that we would become a people who embraces the whole of this scripture, the whole of the Bible, and understands and and. Um, would process that this Christmas season. Let me pray for us. Father, would you change us by your word? Would you help us to know all of you and to trust all of you 
this season and from here out. I pray that we would receive you and allow you to show us more and more of who you've created us to be as a church and as a follower of Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.